Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. My guest today is 26-year-old Henley, who is dating 29-year-old Vincent. Henley and Vincent dated long distance for five months until Henley moved back to her home state where Vincent was living. Everything was near perfect between the two who saw each other consistently one to two days a week and even discussed marriage. But when Vincent unexpectedly lost his job and his mother became ill, everything changed. Vincent basically stopped connecting, which caused Henley to reach out and check on things. Vincent was vague and uncommunicative about what was happening. When Henley discovered that Vincent's mother passed away over the holidays, yet Vincent went out with friends on New Year's Eve without inviting her, Henley broke things off. She has been in no contact for three weeks and hopes that I can provide her with some clarity and direction going forward. I'm glad you're doing this today, Henley. Welcome. Hi, Coach Paula. Thank you for having me. I'm so appreciative to be a part of your podcast today and just excited to um, receive your expert advice. Sure. Um, I guess since I have this introduction uh, from my assistant and so forth that maybe some things have gone on, but certainly there's been more time. Tell me about that. Yes. So um, as far as there being more time, currently we are not speaking. Um, We are, you know, separated in a way where we've gone on for no contact for about uh, 23 days now. So it's been a little while. I'm just in need of trying to figure out how I should proceed or if technically we're already broken up, things of that nature, just receiving more clarity about that. Yeah, I want to get more details on the actual happenings of the breakup. Even though it's pretty comprehensive what you said, I just need more specifics and details. You said everything was fine, but then he just unexpectedly lost the job. Mother became ill. Tell us more details about that. Yes, so around, I want to believe it was the end of the summer, so September, end of August, unexpectedly lose his position in a position that he at that moment wasn't truly sure if he wanted to continue anyway, but um, he did lose it. And then by October, the middle of October 2022, his mother mother uh, did um, receive a diagnosis of cancer, which um, ultimately just kind of put him on like a spiral of no contact, going a little bit of, you know, no communication for about five to six days. Of course, I checked in on him multiple times throughout that five to six day period. I called him as well throughout that five to six day period and did not receive a response. Within about six days later, he did text me and he sent me a pretty much, you know, a paragraph just telling me that he needed, that he was, excuse me, in a very bad mental state um, and that the news that he received about his mother just wasn't um, something that he could handle at that moment and he just needed a little bit of time to just um, adjust and figure out 
you know, where he'll be at emotionally, of course, mentally, and things of that nature. So, of course, I responded back with, as I feel like any girlfriend would, which is concern and ensuring that he knew I was still there for him, ensuring that he knew that despite, you know, um, I feel like our connection, of course, could still be right, um, and I could still just encourage him and things of that nature as he goes through um, this diagnosis with his mother. So that, of course, went on for a period from the end of October until until about the middle of November, Coach uh, Paula. And during that time period, I think we only talked two times, two to three times during that time period. He called me once, I called him twice, and I would text him pretty much I wouldn't say every day, but at least once to twice throughout the week and received no correspondence from him. So it was just pretty much like I was texting myself, unfortunately. Um, He did text me on Thanksgiving to just, you know, tell me happy Thanksgiving. We also spoke on Thanksgiving, but um, during that time period from the middle of October to the end of November, conversation was very vague. Um, We went into the month of December, and it was still pretty vague, no conversation, barely any conversation, barely any texting. Um, Of course, I still was texting him because I didn't receive advice from an older woman um, in my life who I looked up to as a mentor. And she said, you know, you don't want to not be there for him in his time of need, or uh, you don't want to not encourage him in this kind of time with his mother being ill. So I felt it necessary to honestly reach out to him despite not receiving any correspondence back. And then ultimately Christmas Eve is when he reached out. It was like late night Christmas Eve going into Christmas Day. He reached out to me, and we talked for about three hours, and he pretty much revealed to me that his mother had passed away a week prior and that he would just, trying to deal with that, you know, emotionally. Um, He was just trying to figure out how he wanted to proceed. But he never led me to any kind of conclusion of us not being together still. We hung up that, hung up and went on with our, um, you know, days of still assuming that we were still in a relationship based off of what he told me, you know. So, and I assumed that we were still together based off of that as well. Okay. It must have been really hard for you during that time. Yes, it was. It was extremely hard because I went from, you know, talking to him or seeing him at least one to twice out the one to two times out the week um, from August of 2021. Well, we were long distance for a little while, but from, I guess you could say January of 2022 all the way into the end of the year, um, October, right, of 2022. So to go abruptly with no conversation, no texting, no talking barely, um, not even seeing him, that was so very much emotional because it did trigger just some things that, you know, I felt as if I healed in the past. Um, And it just triggered a lot of different emotions, a little bit of controlling emotion that I think us as women go through, the connection emotion, um, things of that nature that I just felt like I just wasn't in control of my um, relationship, but ultimately myself at that time. So it did trigger me in the ways that I thought, like I said, I healed, but ultimately just very emotional and very um, abrupt. 
just an abrupt situation. Yes, he really handled this poorly, for sure. I can only say that this can happen for men, especially at his age, given the double whammy, okay, losing the job, but his mom becoming gravely ill, she must have been fairly young, I assume, and this was unexpected. Yes, that's correct. Um, She was young. She wasn't that much, um, you know, not an older woman. I want to believe she was about mm, late 50s, middle 50s. Um, So she definitely wasn't older at all, you know. Um, Unfortunately, they didn't have the best relationship, and she actually did not live in the same state as us either. Um, She lived in another state. Uh, as I mentioned, they didn't have the best relationship, so they didn't talk every day, and they didn't communicate all the time. Um, and they were in a state of rockiness here and there, um, especially with his issues of kind of abandonment and things of that nature from his mother at an early age due to the divorce of his parents um, and his father having full custody. So just things of that nature um, and her relocating and him just kind of visiting her every so often throughout his childhood, correct? But um, the relationship was rocky, you know, and I think that's another aspect of why he's so emotional and well, what I believe, you know, him to be just in that emotional state and um, down and out state is true because I don't think he received too much of closure with his mother and he went through stints of ignoring her and Honestly, we had conversations about it throughout our time of being together. So when she so happened to pass away so unexpectedly, um, I'm not sure, and I kind of thought and assumed that it just triggered an emotional, like, maybe she was right, and maybe I should have reached out more. Maybe I should have been for her, been there for her more. Maybe I should not have ignored her to the extent that sometimes he would ignore his mother. So, yeah, so it's a lot. It's a little more deep than just mother-son relationship, especially with it being a little more patchy than most mother-son relationships are. Exactly. You've got it. He was unable to handle what was happening emotionally, and unfortunately, you were the recipient of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have to say that this can happen with men simply because they are not the communicators of our species. (laughs) (laughs) And men relate via action. Many times it's hard for a man to even put words together when a situation is very emotional. They are the opposite of us. So whereby we get emotional about things and want to, and again, this is in gross generalizations, but want to reach out to people, discuss it, communicate about it, figure it out, work it out, cooperate, connect, make the other person feel okay about what we're doing. Men are the opposite of that. It can feel completely dismissive, downright rude, wrong, uh, 
I can imagine, Henley, that you've gone through so many ups and downs with this throughout the weeks of him doing what he's done. Yes, I have. I've definitely been very emotional and just in a state of uncertainty, especially because we were in that state of planning our future and um, just becoming more stable, especially him, to um, get into the role of, you know, a husband and wife type of dynamic. And, you know, it's like he's, as you know, like, you know, and as you teach, men know, you know, like men, you know, they definitely know if they want to move forward in that kind of role as a husband. And um, with him being open about it, and it's not being rushed either. Like, we went through nine, maybe even ten months before he even truly brought up marriage. But the fact that he was actively preparing himself to get into that state of a husband and just being more stable and just he had a you know he was getting things together. So for everything to be in such in in such an abrupt nature, I have been very emotional. I have been um, very in the feeling of not having any kind of control of our relationship. And for me to know how he usually is about me, especially when it comes down to being a protector and always showing up for me in every way, um, never letting me down and just being there, it does bring a a heightened emotional emotion for me. And I'm unsure if I'm going, if I'm being selfish, you know, I know he's going through something right now, but I am angered by the way he decided to abruptly just be like, I don't care. (laughs) I'm over it, you know? So I think that's where a lot of my emotional up and downness have been, have stemmed from is the fact that I'm uncertain if I'm going about this the right way. Um, If I'm being more selfish than I am being, you know, nurturing or yeah. So I'm just, You know, I'm everywhere right now, Coach Paula. Truly, I am. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, the roller coaster you have been on, and I'm, I'm, I'm saddened and a bit angered for you because of how he handled things. And I'm glad that you made this leap and came on today. I think I can provide you with some things that are going to be very helpful going forward. Thank you, Coach Paula. I'm in need of it. (laughs) Truly, I'm so in need of it. I am emotional and just everywhere. So I'm excited to hear what you're going to share and how you believe I should move forward. Of course. I'm happy to do that for you. you. You are very, very deserving of it. This has been a really tough few months for you. You put it very um, succinctly and, and, and beautifully, the uncertainty, the uh, unknowing, the no control, all of it, it just messes with your mind and heart together. And it is a, an up and down one moment to the next. And if I can do anything, what I'm hoping here is that what I'm going to say will give you at least a bit of an even keel about it. So I want to do that and I want to get every question of yours answered and we will do that in a moment. Have you been holding off going online or going back to online dating? 
Well, I hate to be the one to tell you, but online is the place men go to find dates. And I want you to be prepared to succeed in finding love. No more excuses. And now you don't have to make excuses because my one love approach to online dating is a game changer. This affordable go at your pace self-help course gives you what to text and say when he sends a lame hi. It explains how to guide a guy to call to introduce himself, which if you're not doing, you're setting yourself up for failure. I bet you didn't know that. And in the course, you'll find out why it's so important. One Love outlines the two things never to include in your photos and exactly where to go and where not to agree to go on a first meeting. Did you know that going for coffee is a no-no and dinner is even worse? Surprised? If so, then you've got to get this course so you can set the right tone for a man to be most interested in you should you be interested in him. Then you're in the driver's seat should you want things to go the distance. Because it's only when you set things on the right track from the start that you will have a real shot at long-lasting love from meeting online. The best part? As part of this incredibly affordable course, you get a full coaching intensive experience with me to ask me anything and everything you have questions about, maybe about a special guy you've met. So don't delay one more day. Go to coachpaulagrooms.com programs and click on my One Love Self-Help course. That's the online to never-ending love self-help course where you'll get everything you need to know to do online right this time around. That's coachpaulagrooms.com slash programs, and we'll be talking soon. So we're back with 26-year-old Henley, who outlined for us what she has gone through with 29-year-old Vincent. I was thinking about you during the break, Henley, and how you sound very together about it. Meaning that, you know, you present yourself just as as a lovely, together, um, very articulate woman. How has this impacted your life in in all ways yes uh, thank you coach Paula I appreciate that and yeah I do try to pride myself on having it together and you know um, keeping it together but this has impacted my life in so many ways Um, I'm usually self-motivated truly just you know planner and right now I'm just I don't feel like planning anything I don't feel like um, being self-motivated, I'm just a little down. Um, I'm a, uh, in sales and things of that nature. So because I'm in sales, uh, you know, it's all about the sale. And right now, uh, and I'm also a high producer in sales. So the fact that um, this has impacted me and just been so abrupt, I just haven't <laughs> been as motivated as, as typically was. And uh, not to say that, as you know, I our relationship was my all and everything, right? I, I've always had my own identity and I've always um, had my own career goals and just my own hobbies and always kept myself busy anyway. Because of this change, I have been very much so emotional and just 
uncertain, so uncertain, uh, Coach Paula, and not in control and just in that state of not knowing, as I tend to usually know, and um, a little bit of confidence um, down out, down and out and lack of confidence right now. Um, and then just the simple fact that, you know, our anniversary is coming up. It's on the 29th of this month. Um, I just don't even know if I should reach out, if I should go ahead and just let it be. So I'm in a whirlwind of events right now. I am. Okay. So let us get to giving you some clarity, some answers, and for you to start feeling a lot better, more yourself, get back to the way you felt previously. Uh, this kind of thing does rock a woman's world. It must have been so jarring to you that he could do this after you spent a very connected, you know, nine, nine ten months together. Yes, um, definitely jarring, definitely shocking. Um, we've known each other for what, 18 months now, um, he made it official January of 2022, the end of January of 2022. And yeah, <laughs> and so it's been so jarring and so different, especially with him being consistent and always ensuring that um, he checked in on me. And, you know, I, I laugh because sometimes I feel like I took him for granted just a little bit, you know, as him being just so emotionally um, there for me and, you know, him being that that guy for me to honestly the, the which you talk about with the eighty twenty and things of that nature, he was that, you know. He I didn't have to reach out too much. <laughs> he always reached out to me. So this is different. Um and then of course the way you met was very interesting as well and I consider it to be when I was at my highest um heightened state of knowing and um, self-confidence and, you know, it was just a divine timing. And within that five months of us being long distance, he was always consistent, <laughs> even when we were miles away from each other. So this has been very, very, it has been very abrupt and jarring and ah, it's just, <laughs> it's just rock my world a little bit. So, yeah. Okay. So let's get you back to that state. It sounds like you know what I talk about regarding subconscious stuff and how living in the state and controlling your mind about this will help you a lot. Yes, that's correct. I do feel, um, you know, I definitely feel like that's an, I'm in need of that. It's so interesting because you popped up right on my TL, Coach Paula, when I needed that refresher. Um, I'm so thankful for you, to be honest, because you uh, gave me that, like, refresher of, hey, you know how this works. You know the rules. You know um, how to, you know, train or reprogram and things of that nature. So you literally popped up on my TL right when I was in need of, like, oh, my goodness this is what I need to refresh my mind to get back into control and get back into that state of knowing. So I appreciate you. I just want to make sure I say that as well, because, you know, it gave um, you technically your techniques and reading your book. And of course, uh, watching your videos, YouTube, as well as Instagram, truly providing me with the refreshing knowledge I needed. 
However, I'm still just in that space of, am I doing what you teach correctly? Mm, Okay. Yeah. All right. So you said a couple of things that I I really can um, direct you on and help you get back to that state. Like, for example, that you felt at times, understandably so, are you being selfish? That makes a lot of sense um, because something like a death, it's so profound. You didn't have any choice. You tried. And we can only try a few times. Unfortunately, because men do not communicate in the way that would be best, for sure, through talking, through telling you, I want you to think about this. If he had just said to you, I can't handle a relationship now. It's not that I don't care, that I don't think we have a possibility long term, but I just can't do it now. I don't have the emotional bandwidth. Can we just, you know, break things for now? Would that have felt better? I do believe that would have felt a lot better. Truly, I know he mentioned his emotional bandwidth to me, but it was never in the state of, hey, this is over, you know? I do believe that um, it would have gave me a lot more understanding, a lot more clarity if he just said, hey, you know, like, I just can't handle it exactly how you said that. Like, I just don't want this. It's not that, like you just said, it's not that I don't want it now. It's just, it's not the time for me, you know? So I completely agree, Coach Paul. It would have been a lot better if he would have just told me that instead of just, you know, kind of toying me along at the moment not answering texts, you know, at, during that time period and just not talking at all. Right. So I would have liked that better. Unfortunately, men are not equipped to do that. A lot of times it's because they cannot make sense of what they feel in the moment. And you know from my book that I discuss that we relate via our emotions men predicate their life on their decisions and relate mostly from their decisions. And you see, he never made a decision about it. It wasn't, I don't want to be with Henley anymore. That wasn't the decision. It was simply he couldn't handle his emotions about other things in his life. And you were caught in the crossfire. Unfortunately, It makes it so that we have to make the decision for the man, in a way, certainly for ourselves, and do what will allow things not to go off the rails. And what I mean by that is that not making things black and white for the man, and ultimately for ourselves in a way hurts the relationship and the possibility of going the distance. So I'm going to couch this in a way whereby you may think, oh, uh, if only I had done that, or how did I not know that, or something like that. And I'm not saying it for that purpose at all, because for you, it was a blindsiding there would be such a small chance that you would have been able to see this coming, know it, 
at 26 years old, you, you are a very together gal. You really are. I can't imagine anyone at your age, really not until a very mature woman, I'm talking 50s, 60s and above, would have had enough experience with men to even grasp what was happening, okay? So I wanted to predicate that before I say it. But I want you to think about this. If, and oh, I should say this, that you did this, and this is the amazing thing, you did this once things happened on New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. You broke things off. Now, I don't know if you did that with words or deed, but you did. It, it was, you were almost stuck in a, such a, uh, with a Hobson's choice, I should say. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you were, because if you had broken things off when his mother was gravely ill, or right after he got in touch with you and said she passed away, you would have felt like, you know, a dog. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, Coach Paula. I agree 100%. And that's exactly why I just couldn't bring myself to it. Of course, emotions and things of that nature, just not wanting to break up with my boyfriend <laughs> at all, right? But I also, his mother was a key figure into why I just constantly reached out, constantly ensured his he was okay, um, you know, looking out for his emotional and mental well-being, things of that nature. His mother was honestly the true reason because <laughs> if this wouldn't have happened, this, if his mother wasn't a factor, yeah, <laughs> I would have literally, I, wouldn't, I would have been broken off truly, you know, in regards to if he was to do this without that being a big situation happening as, you know, as to death happening, so. Right. It's a cautionary tale, however, that taking care of a man emotionally with whom we're not married, mm -hmm. and even then, at times, will not get us anywhere. Mm -hmm. In other words, we need to, in some ways, expect more, and that may fly in the face of, uh, well, Paula, you say, you know, not to have the expectations we have about men. What I mean is that when they show us, they do not have the capability of verbalizing what's going on and doing what is right, we have to do one of two things. First and foremost, leave them alone. I mean, completely alone so that we show, I'm not condoning what you're doing. And again, Henley, because of this grave situation, that would fly in the face of who you are. You know, you are a caring, lovely woman. So you wanted to show him, I'm there and I understand what's going on and I'm not leaving you and kicking you when you are down. I totally, totally get that. You were really in a hugely difficult situation there. However, once you do it a few times and a man shows you, I'm not going to communicate with you. I'm not even going to deign to be nice enough to reach out to you to tell you that my mother passed or anything of the sort. And in some ways, ghost you. We have to show it's unacceptable to one degree or another. And again, this is so there's no hard and fast 
role other than think about a a three strikes you're out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That can be helpful. Definitely, <laughs> definitely helpful, Doctor. Excuse me, I'm Coach Paula. Definitely helpful. I agree, and oh, I'm thankful because I feel like exactly what you've said. I felt, you know, exactly when you mentioned just wanting to be that nurturer, wanting to show him that I was there for him. Um, during that stint of him, um, you know, going through what he was going through with his mother. But I do feel like it turned into a little bit more of a disrespect thing, especially what you mentioned, him not reaching out to me and him waiting a week, um, almost a week and a half, to reach out about his mother actually passing away, knowing I was in a state of worry, you know, and then to proceed in what I thought originally he was just kind of sad, down and out, in hermit mode, um, to go to a, you know, party with his friends on New, Year, New Year's Eve and a couple of his family members on New Year's Eve and to just not even think about reaching out to invite me and things of that nature. So ultimately, you know, us talking on New Year's Day for him to tell me this, correct, and um, then just allude that he just didn't want me there, you know? So what did that, so what did that tell you then? That's all I needed. <laughs> Coach Paula, that was all I needed um, when he pretty much told me, you know, I didn't invite you because it just wasn't that type of party. I didn't even need clarity about what that meant. That pretty much told me that he just didn't want me around, you know. And as women, we have to accept that, and you know, utilizing coaches like you and um, reading and just doing healing can teach us that once a man rejects you once and says he just, you know, he gives you, he says what he needs to say. That's all we need to continue to uh, move forward. And uh, with that being said, I did do just that. I have not talked to him since Great. the day he told me that. Good. Yeah. What I'm going to guess, however, is that this has taken a chunk of um, confidence from you and I want to talk about that part of it first by stating that or by asking you does this change the way you see him unfortunately it does it does coach Paula um it does change the way I see him I wanted it not to because I just excuse you know excuse if he's emotional he's going through a bad time and things of that nature but me also knowing um, that he's still, you know, still my living life and enjoying life and out with family and friends, it shows that it shows a sense of disrespect. If you ask me, um, it also changes the way I view him to be kind-hearted and just, you know, <laughs> there for me in times of need or you know things of that nature. Him being manly and a protector and semi provider and things of that nature. It has changed a lot um, on how okay. I view him emotionally. Mm-hmm. It should. It absolutely should. Mm. I want it to for you. Mm. It's very important that it does. So I want to ask you, because you have an understanding of how the subconscious plays into your state of being, how it differs from your intellectualization of things, your youngest life zero to seven, 
what messages did you get that you think uh, now kind of play into experiencing the treatment you have from him? Interesting. <laughs> That's a good question. Not to make you start crying, Coach Walla. <laughs> but um, my parents, they actually have been married for about 32 years. And my dad, definitely um, provider, definitely a protector, definitely the men of the household, <laughs> definitely ensure that we had everything we could possibly ever want. Um, my brother and I have a twin brother. So, yeah, just being there for us in that way. But when it came down to the emotional perspective, especially when I was younger, right, he wasn't always there. Um, he was always, you know, here, right, physically here, but not there in regards to just nurturing. My mother was the nurturer, um, and my dad was just a provider more so than anything. So around that time period, that emotional disconnect was there, maybe not speaking all the time, just speaking, you know, of course, him asking me how my day was, a very vague conversation between the times of me being younger. Can't say I remember it distinctively, of course, um, but, you know, just being there, <laughs> not having that emotional uh, support from my father, but, of course, having it from my mother, knowing that she was our nurturer and my dad was just the one who provided and always made sure he gave us gifts and money and <laughs> all those things, right? So I, we never had to worry about that, which a beautiful thing too but when it came down to that emotional capacity I don't remember that during that time period granted we're nowhere near that anymore he's we're like best of friends and he's always asking me how I'm doing and he's a very emotional now but um when I was younger no he just wasn't that he wasn't that guy he wasn't that dad or father to be um you know there as a nurturer so Okay, so you're connecting something that is very, very important. This is great. Because just what you said at the end there of, you know, I know now, now we're best of friends. <laughs> you're a fully formed adult and your conscious part knows all that it needs to know in terms of humans being uh, fallible and um, being very even-handed about that there is no all good or all bad and people have their stuff and all of that. However, from zero to seven, we have absolutely not one ounce of ability to do that. And here's even more the point that from zero to seven, not only do we not know what I just outlined and have any capacity to do so, but we believe it is just the state of being of every human that we are the cause of it. Not that it's happening to us and we are victims of it. We are the cause of it. This is why it is so profound and why we must get to that subconscious stuff so that we can change it consciously and hope to change it in our subconscious. Mm -hmm. So the baby mind of you from birth to seven before consciousness starts 
to really come into play is that you were the cause of you not getting your emotional needs met. And that's really tough to wrap our minds around because as an adult now, intellectually, we can't really understand what that state can be. Mm. But it's so profound and why likely, believe it or not, you were so attracted to Vincent over other men that may have been much more intrinsically, emotionally aware, catering, communicative, and ultimately could better relay to you what was happening for them and assuage your anxiety or at least what we would consider have the balls to tell you, care enough to do so and overcome their own selfishness about it. Yes, I completely agree, Coach Paula. I do. <sighs> I needed that, but I agree. Um, because I have, what you're saying, 100%, I have overlooked the ones who were a little more emotionally um, there and could honestly emotionally articulate how they felt um, in every way, you know? Mm-hmm. I have overlooked a lot of those kind of guys. Um, well put together, of course, but I don't know. You know how you just like the ones you like that are just, mm, he's not too emotional. He's not doing too, too much for me <laughs> in regards to like all the way emotionally there, but he's there in the ways that um, at that time, of course, I thought I needed, right? Until this happened. <laughs> now I need him to show up a different kind of way. And he's not doing that at all. So I can 100% agree with you on that. And it is hopefully going to prompt you to do the work now at your age so that this changes for you. Because if not, due to your earliest programming, you will continue to only be attracted to this type of guy who can do this. Mm-hmm. You see? Yes, I definitely see. Now, again, I'm not making a generalized statement that Vincent is bad. And you can understand this vis-a-vis your own dad. Mm -hmm. Look what a good man he is. He didn't have, at his young age, when you were born to seven, I don't know how old he was at the time, but he was going through, think about it, he was probably... A, a Vincent. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> right? Now that I think about it, yeah. He was about 35-ish. I think my parents were, and they were a little older when they had us. So about 35, yeah, he was. And still trying to grow into, I would assume, mm-hmm. being more emotionally aware. But now, as you say, he's grown, and he is much more communicative and better and maybe understanding and can attend to stuff going on with your mom, with you, all of it. And we hope that Vincent will follow that path. For sure. But right now, he's not. And it's going to take everything in you to understand and correct some things that will certainly have an impact on him, but that's not the salient point. It's that you will grow so much from this 
And when he comes back, which I believe he will, you will be very different. And that will help him to be different. He will be more ready to be different. And you can possibly make a new relationship that will be much better for you and help him on that path to becoming the man that your dad is now. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely, Coach Paula, definitely. Oh, yeah, I feel like, um, I truly feel like he can, you know, he has that, right? You know, I know we talk about not committing to potential. <laughs> so I feel like he does have that potential, though, to become, you know, a lot more emotionally aware and being able to communicate how he feels, right? Instead of just shutting down and kind of resorting back to what he, I think, experienced in his childhood, too. So There you go. It's funny how we live, right? We're all just kind of surfacing our childhood experiences as adults, right? So, yeah, okay. I think that he can be better, for sure. So what we have to do now is focus totally on you. Mm-hmm. and then what you do and don't do with him. You had asked me, our anniversary's coming up. Should I reach out? You need to understand you don't have an anniversary. <laughs> it is over. It is done. And he must feel that. Mm. He must feel that in a much bigger way than he has felt it. Because the energy now is that he believes that the moment he texts, the moment he comes back, you will be there. That's what he believes now, okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you have shown it. Now, you have to take it to the next level and you have to show him, no, mm-hmm. I'm not going to just be there. Now, that will be difficult for you because that's going to go against your programming, okay, and who you are. So it's two ways that it goes against what you will feel like doing, okay? The first is very deep and very subconscious because think about this, from zero to seven, when your dad deigned to give you what you wanted emotionally, you were right there gobbling it up because you were pretty much trained that in order to get any of your needs met, you better do it in the way that it will work with him, Mm. okay? While that was fine for you at that age, because remember, you believed you were the cause of it, so I bet you were a very good little girl, too, in order to get (laughs) his his time, attention, and affection. Uh Uh-huh. That can't be with a love interest in your life. It cannot. It will get you nowhere. And it will not allow Vincent to grow. It will simply assuage his anxiety and it will lessen your value in his eyes, Mm. okay? It won't work. So you have to take an approach for yourself and for him. For you, you are going to need to work on your programming to change it. And I think the best way to do this is when you have time alone, you sit down, you have a piece of paper in front of you, do it with paper, not on your phone. Okay. Left side of the paper, you're going to write the implicit messages you got. Again, not what you know now intellectually, but the messages you you interpreted that you got from your baby mind. Things like, my feelings are not valued. Mm-hmm. You write that on the left side. 
On the right side, you put exactly the opposite. My feelings are valued. My feelings are, and then you keep going. My feelings are worthy. My feelings are heard. Mm -hmm. My feelings are wanted. You keep writing it down, and then you go to the I am version of that. I am valued. I am worthy. I am honored. I am respected. I am loved. You keep writing on the left side and doing this kind of exercise. The right side of the paper is going to be your affirmations. And you're going to have to put these affirmations in your mind when you're, th- when you're thinking about him in any way, shape, or form. Because you see, when you're in the thoughts about him, that's in your programming. That's not in your higher self. Okay? How this will work, and there's much more to it, but I'm giving you a, a baseline. And I also give, you know, I give it here. I give it on my Instagram, on my YouTube. People, I believe, are very good to support this, this approach, this getting to your subconscious and to getting what you want in life by manifesting. They are the Neville Goddard people. I happen to know there are many, many of them, but I think it would be very valuable for you to look at uh, the videos and content of people like Sylvia Nuccio, Dylan James, Nea, N-E-Y-A-H, Simply Create with L, The Manifesting House, Stephanie Sinclair. Those are folks that understand the Neville Goddard approach, whereby you will be living in a state of knowing that you will get what you want. And through that, and things like imaginal acts, uh, Joseph Ally, A-L-A-I, is also a big uh, manifester uh, that uh, I love his work as well. So when you do this, sleep meditations are huge to do this as well. Uh, I like only the I am form of sleep meditations. Uh, People I know that have that, Jessica Heslop, that's in the female voice, which can be really helpful. Jason Stevenson, that's in the male voice, but he also does I am. As long as it's in the I am version, because whatever we put after I am, we become. Mm. This will take the focus away from him and on to you. This energy will help you enormously. And it's all about your own growth, which will help you get through this very difficult time. What we do then is when he comes back, which he will, you will then have the self-concept of the person who, who will be capable of doing the approaches and strategies we know work with men to get them to come back much better so that 
this type of thing would never happen again with him, with anyone else. But we're talking about him now. And that next step is when he reaches out, and I can't tell you when. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do know it will happen. Yes. <laughs> you do it. too, right? Gonna... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will absolutely happen. But I can't tell you whether it's two days, two weeks, two months, two years from now. And you're not going to predicate your life on it. And this will help you, what I just outlined, will help you keep from doing that as well. Okay. Because while we know that he will, the most important work is on yourself. Because when you show up differently, he has the best chance of being different. And when he comes back, he has a better chance of being different. But we cannot assuage his anxiety. And here's what I mean by that. Mm. When he reaches out again, he's in an anxious state. He needs to know that his pretty puppy is still there. One of the main things I see that hurts women in getting back with the love they want is they answer that first reach out because they believe, oh my gosh, he's back. He wants to come back. I can have this back. And I have to tell you that that's not what is happening for the man when he reaches out. Mm. It's not. It's only that he is in the state of anxiety of loss. He's not making any connections to anything more than being in the moment. He is not looking for a specific response. He's looking for any response because any response will assuage his anxiety in the moment that you are angry, upset, gone girl. (laughs) (laughs) I trust you get that all by your your, uh, cute laugh response. You get it, right? Definitely. I do get it, Coach Paula. I do. Mm -hmm. Yes. You were definitely that refresher I needed prior to going through this so it's funny because I kind of assumed you would say that I kind of assumed it um, just based off of uh, your book and your knowledge and you know your expert advice and expertise in general and then just going through things of this nature um, in regards to learning and just trying to understand men a little bit more throughout the time period of you know four years or so so I completely get it, and I needed to hear it, and I'm so thankful you told me, (laughs) like, hey, no, don't do it, because I was toying between if I should or not. Mm -hmm. My highest self was like, no, you're not going to reach out to him on what you think is your one-year anniversary, but my lowest self was like, would you miss him, you know, and you just kind of want to check in. You want to make sure he knows, like, hey, you know. Not even this is what I'm doing, but this is, like, not going to happen. I was going to set boundaries in that message. But I do believe that since I've gone so long with no contact, um, I think it's best to continue on with that, as you stated. And I will do that. But ultimately, like you said as well, working on myself again. Yes, you're on the right track. Any reaching out to him, and I see this all the time, women do it, to state our position, to reprimand him for whatever, to what, it is not at all veiled. It is completely the man knows, ah, she's into me. (laughs) Doesn't work. So you must be making him wonder by absolutely nothing. And then when he first reaches out, 
you don't answer. And when I'm working with women in my lure him back, lure him in programs, this is the hardest part of it. The hardest, hardest part of it. Because he will reach out again and again, trying to push you off your stance. This is how men relate via action. They can be very, very lame attempts. Hi, how are you? Maybe it is thinking of you today on our anniversary. Mm. I doubt it, but it could. Sorry, I haven't been in touch. What's up? I mean, lame, lame stuff. (laughs) And you must continue not answering. It is via that action that gets the man into a deeper state of thinking and feeling that actually affects not only change in him and growth, but interest in you for more. This is so huge, and it's the hardest thing for a woman to do. But you do not answer until you see that change. Mm. And that is in the form of, and again, you don't answer calls. Calls are no different than the text. That's just more anxious, okay? Nothing. Mm. Every woman I've ever worked with on this approach is flabbergasted at how it works. And eventually he comes back with the apology and what he's going to do to make amends. It is 101. But if you assuage that anxiety prior to that, you will get nothing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Coach Fala. <laughs> I needed this. Mm-hmm. I truly, I truly, truly needed that. And I won't. Now, you know, even though I was, before, of course, we talked, that was my main question. Like, should I reach out? So I will not reach out on what I, you know, thought was our anniversary. And, oh, yeah, <laughs> I won't. I'm going to keep it, keep going strong. And um, as I know, I have, like, such an inner knowing that he will come back, but I won't even reach out when he does. I just can't take it. As you mentioned before, just being tired. <laughs> I'm already, I was already kind of tired of just reaching out anyway with no kind of response just for, you know, to check in and ensure he was, I was there for him for the time being with his mother being ill and eventually passing away. But I'm over, I'll be, I'll, I'm personally over it. I'm personally over playing nice and, you know, being very, nurturing to someone who just isn't showing a a reciprocate and that energy to me so okay you have to not look back okay you have to set about the work on you every time you start thinking of him you need to go to you okay working on you doing what i just talked about watching the videos working on your subconscious mind and what you're doing in your life outside of your love life and eventually get back out there and date again. And he will be back, we know. This is the two-pronged approach I utilize with women in my Lure Him Back program because without these elements, we stay where we are. And
And that's not a good state to be in, in two ways, certainly for ourselves, and it can really bring us down. And secondly, it's not the right energy whereby he has the chance to come back. Mm. Energetically, it just doesn't work. It's that old idea of the thief has to leave the store in order for things to start happening, meaning, you know, we arrest him. Mm-hmm. He can't just stay in the store holding the items. Mm. We may feel, yeah, he's going to take them, but until he leaves and it's really a done deal, nothing is going to change. And if we use that analogy, the thief's in the store, he's thinking about it, he's thinking about it, he, okay, he pulls the trigger and he leaves. There's going to be two ways that things work out for that guy. He's arrested and it's life-changing for him. Wakes him up, got to do something different. Has to go through all the process of of the courts and the issues and all the nonsense and that's going to either be life-changing. I'm never going to do something like that again. I'm going to make something in my life. I'm going to do something. Maybe if he has to go to jail because there are other things that he's done, uh, he's going to take advantage of the education there, what have you. When he gets out, he's doing something great with his life. There are others that will avoid the arrest at all costs. It could be worse, and it goes down the rabbit hole. You see? Yeah. So, right, we don't know, but what we do know is you are going to keep growing and growing and growing, and you will be showing this change, which that's being what you know I talk about here, a worthy opponent. Because LeBron James only wants to play at his level. That's interesting, fun, and enticing and inspiring to him when he's playing with the Steph Curry. Not when he, yes, he can go, you know, walk onto any court and any man will be absolutely thrilled to play with him. But it doesn't inspire LeBron. When he shows off and does all his moves and and wins, it's like, okay, yeah, of course I did. Of course I did. It's no big deal. Of course I did. Did. And it's the same when we talk about a man in this situation. Of course she answered. Mm. I got it going on. Yeah. <laughs> She'll answer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. She's, she, you know, she wants me. She's still there. And then that assuages their anxiety and strokes their ego in a way, if you want to think about it that way. Yep. And then just moves on and doesn't grow. Wow. We inspire men to be the best they can be by being the worthy opponent. It's kind of like the best players on the field inspire the other players to do more, try harder, be better, work on themselves, grow, and become. That is our role in men's lives, in a sense. And then when we do, they will be the best they can be, And when they're the best they can be, they give us the best of themselves. And it is a win-win. You can do this for Vincent, but mostly you will be doing it for yourself. Because when he comes back, you're now in the pros. You're no longer in uh, the B League, right? Correct. And that's going to inspire him to either step up, because remember, There are a lot of players on the field. 
some of them are going to be inspired and try to be the best and others are just going to be okay with sitting on the bench. Mm -hmm. So we don't know, but we want to give it a try so that he can become that man like your dad has, who has emotional capabilities and capacities and, and is more connected. Definitely. You have the um, foundation here to be able to do this, but you must do it yourself and you must be conscious of it and you must continually do the work. This is everyday stuff. We can't just go about our lives, um, think our thoughts randomly and be entertained with stuff in the outside world. We have to focus on this. And this will help you in so many areas of your life, not just in your love life, but in business as well. Thank you, Coach Pablo. Thank you. I agree. And it honestly, whew, I needed that, like I said, but ultimately it was a refresher. Um, and it's going to allow me to get back into that focus, you know, because I've lost it for this time being. I haven't focused on you know, doing the work and doing the inner work that, like you said, you have to do every day is, isn't something that you can kind of slack off of. So thank you. Well, it's understandable that you slack during that time. You're welcome because it must have been, like I said, so shocking and so startling. And But this is meant to be, meant to happen for you and for him. You can look at it too. Okay, and this is is going to be huge in your life. Uh, you know, it's a, a positive, and what I mean by that is that we don't grow that much from our successes. They're wonderful, and it's great to have them, but we grow most from the difficult, challenging things that happen to us that are impactful, and this was one of them. Yes, I agree. Do you have any other question for me before we go? Uh, not at all, Coach Paula. I feel like you answered every question, <laughs> every question I needed. Um, of course, well, I guess I asked one little simple question. It's funny. I feel like men already know when you're, like, on a break with your significant other, even if you don't even share, you know. Like, I don't share. I'm very private, so I don't share a lot. But I've already Good. gotten asked to go out on dates and things of that nature, and I feel like they don't even know I have, like, a lot of people don't even know I'm in a true relationship. I don't post things like that on social media at all, <laughs> but I've gotten asked to go out on lots of dates, and I have not taken any of the suitors, you know, up upon it, mainly because I feel like I do need to heal and grow. How soon do you think I should um, potentially get back out there, or is there a date or a time limit or time period that you know, you suggest to women who just went through a breakup or something of this nature? First of all, I want to applaud you for being your age and not posting about your personal life in that way. Oh, that is music to my ears. Yes, so no glad, <laughs> so glad that there are women like you not just following the pack yes this is huge Thank you keep you. your love life yes keep your love life private mm -hmm. yep and you don't post anybody any man no. mm -mm. on your social media until he is your fiance or husband 
Okay. Thank you, Coach Twilight. I remember that. <laughs> I would definitely remember that. Nope. I very big about that. My mother, she's really big about that too. But um, you know, I agree, and I appreciate that reminder. I really do. Good. And we do this purposefully, no matter what the man is doing. So, say you're in a relationship with a man, mm-hmm. and he posts you as his girlfriend on his social media. Fine. Fine. Great. You do not have to follow suit. Mm-hmm. And here's another worthy opponent tip. If he says, well, I posted you, how come you're not posting me? You just say, I love that you post us on your social media, and I'm proud to be your girlfriend. I just make it for me a, a rule. I've made this for myself, and I decided long ago that until a man is my fiance, going to be my husband, I do not post on social media. That's it. That's an, that's an absolute, I'm in the pros, I'm disciplined, <laughs> I know how to train, I know what's right, I'm in the position I'm in because I do, and that's it. But I love that you do. I'm so proud to be your girlfriend. You just know that. Mm. I always wonder how to respond to that. <laughs> I just, I always say like, I'm just private, you know, I don't like people knowing and you know, I'm just very private, but I love that response, and I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm going to start using that. And and you can say, too, you know, I tend to be a private person. I hope you appreciate that about me because what goes on between uh, two people is really nobody else's business. Uh, but it's not like I'm hiding anything, and I'm so happy. Uh, you know, if you're happy and you want to post about us, that's great. And I love that you do. I, that means a lot to me. But just know that as a woman, it's different. I am private. And until I know that someone is going to be the one, be my husband, father of my children, I like to keep my life private. That's it. And if he has a problem with that, which most men do not, they actually appreciate that. But it could be that he is feeling scared that oh my gosh someone else will come remember they are all about challenge competition conquering right he's going to be afraid that a challenger will come by and scoop you up well great (laughs) great good stay scared stay wondering okay (laughs) that's it i appreciate you answering that he gave me all i needed and i'm feeling better already we're all the way back to my back to just me being in a space of uh, certainty and knowing as I usually would feel. So Wonderful. I appreciate it, Coach Paula. I really do. You're welcome. I'm so glad you did this today. I think it was a great discussion and I hope will be helpful to many women going through uh, similar situations. So thank you. I give Henley so much credit for coming on today, but mostly for being the wonder woman she is at her age. Oh my goodness. I love hearing how she handled and handles her social media. She gets so much at her young age and it's really going to bode well for her. This experience with Vincent is profound for her if she takes it as the transformative experience I think it is. I have no doubt she's going to do really, really well. 
I trust you got a lot of good information from this episode. I outlined all the manifestors I think are super helpful on your journey. The Neville Goddard approach can be transformative for anyone. You can change your subconscious programming. It's the number one thing to focus on regardless of your dating or relationship status. It's going to help you enormously in the personal area of your life and certainly in your love life. And as always, if you want additional help, because this is hard to do alone, the steps I outlined and the strategy and approach of ignoring a man's comeback. <laughs> and that's a misnomer. Because when he first reaches out, doesn't mean he's coming back. And I can't tell you the countless women whom I've worked with who have said to me, I made that mistake. I answered this first text and it went nowhere. That's right because the man is just assuaging his anxiety that you're out of the picture for good. He is just getting confirmation that when he is ready, you will answer. So if you are in a situation of no contact and he reaches out and you answer right away, you don't do yourself any favor at all if you want him back. Even if you don't, you're going to help him to grow by not answering. And if you don't, it's super easy. You just don't answer. Or if you want to put a period on it and not have any further contact, you can be nice and say, you know, I wish you well, but I'm not interested in being in contact. And that will be that. Of course, Henley and many of you listening are not in that situation and you would like the man back. If you need help with that, be in contact with me. You can come on the podcast and have a conversation like this about your unique situation, or you can do a private consult. You can explore how I work with you to get you what you want. That's what it's all about. And we do that in two ways. We do that with our mind and going against what our heart tells us to do, or certainly our subconscious compels us to do, and we work with what works with men. I hope if you're in that situation, always start by remembering to simply make him wonder.